Are you a CrossFit coach or maybe a box owner looking to learn more about nutrition? You want to help support the athletes that come to your box, maybe have some one-on-one clients. And we all know nutrition is the foundation. We all talk about the theoretical hierarchy of the development of an athlete. And nutrition is at the base. It's like building a house. You can't build the attic first. You can't worry about performance and sport without working on the foundation. And that's what nutrition is. So maybe you're a coach, maybe you're a box owner, maybe you're just an athlete looking to potentially earn a little more income, develop a new income stream as a nutrition coach. Well, you could check out the Own Your Eating Certificate course. We review fundamental nutrition principles, as well as teaching you how to implement flexible eating, that's macro counting, and assist others with their tracking of macros. The cool thing about it is you're going to learn so much for yourself. Even if you didn't want to coach anyone else, but you simply wanted to learn more about tracking macros, you will get so much out of this course. It'll be the last thing you ever have to read, study, purchase, because you're going to get so much information. As well as sharing nutrition experience with you, Own Your Eating will also teach you how to coach others so that you can really make a difference with the people in your community and your lives. Maybe you need to finally get your mom to track macros. Maybe it's your best friend. Maybe you you put on the quarantine 15 and you're looking to just lose a few LBs, a few pounds yourself. This will teach you all of that. And the cool thing about macros, the cool thing about the way in which we at On Your Eating teach you is it's really sustainable. The business setup and marketing strategies are also included. So if you do really want to make this a side deal or a side hustle, You'll, you'll have all the tools you'll ever need to do. And in addition to that, if you're a level three CrossFit coach, you can earn CEUs to help you revalidate. And we also give CEUs for NASM as well as AFA. So you can check that out. For me, every few years, I need to re-up my L4, you know, no big deal, L4 coach, but this will help you do it. So If you're interested in learning more about the Own Your Eating Certificate course, you can go to courses.ownyoureating.com. Or if you just go to ownyoureating.com, right up in the header there, it says become a coach. You can click on that. And with the code BESTHOUR, that's B-E-S-T-H-O-U-R, BESTHOUR, you'll get 15% off. Go check it out now. I was the one, along with Roz, who helped put this all together. So... I really understand that if you have questions for me about it, of course, you can reach out, but I really believe in it. I've put hundreds of people through this course. It's the way I learned how to track macros. It's the way I've been tracking macros for over five years, and I think you will absolutely love it. So go check it out again, courses.ownyoureating.com, and use that code BESTHOUR for 15% off. Okay, Jay, we got chapter eight, new genes, and um, you're fat again. <laughs> so <laughs> two, 2011, you had this, uh, this reawakening. You look in the mirror, and you notice that you put on some weight, lost sight of your values, and then you set some rules. This is from the ch- couple chapters ago, the rule is the rule. But now here we are in this chapter, this is a, a, a year or two later, and you're fat again, and you're operating under the do as I don't, uh, or do as I say, not as I do type of coaching method. Uh, 
tell me about this. How, how, what happened in that time frame from establishing your rules, but then all of a sudden putting on weight again? Well, I think a couple of things. First of all, you know, you calling me fat. I, I was heavy, but I don't, you know, people wouldn't necessarily come up to me and be like, that guy's fat. In fact, I think most people would have still seen me, especially dressed with clothes on and be like, hey, that's a fit person. He's muscular. Yeah. Now, to be fair, this, these are your words. You say yes. in the text, I got fat. <laughs> so I just thought I would rub it in a little more. So, you know, thick, thick and husky. <laughs> but what, what really went down is, you know, especially in 2011, as you remember, the staff is growing and we really just ate out all the time. So, Chipotle. and that's why I said Chipotle, non, I mean, wh uh, who was it? Nathan? Was that the manager? Yeah. Nathan Vaughn. Nathan Vaughn. Shout, Shout out, out to Nathan for helping get me fat, but he would just give us every day. We would just walk over there and get, and get Chipotle. Um, how often were we going to the all-you-can-eat sushi place down the road? Sushi X. Um, the uh, what was what was that? Wolf's One Eleven. We'd go there quite a bit. Oh yeah, and and um, right there. Yeah, so it was just yeah, it was just eating lunch out every day, probably three times a week, grabbing you know dinner, be it Chipotle at night. I mean, I think this is blending with the time that I was probably somewhat single. You know, Caleb was a little single. Your girlfriend at the time uh, lived in Binghamton, right? Yep. yep. Murph, I think, was always single. So it's like all the coaches kind of like the stars aligned as far as being able to have some fun. Kevin was always in between different girls. So just a lot of eating out. I was still training very regularly at the time, and that's why I don't think I was ever fat. I just, I just packed on weight to the point that I was about 170 pounds. For oh, reference – I'm 141.1 this morning. So, I mean, this is when all of us on the staff are, we're, we were all training. We would all hit the noon, you know, noon was, was quote unquote varsity. Remember varsity? It's so funny. I, I just gave away the sweater, the sweatshirt that somebody had given me that said varsity oh, really? across because <laughs> so many clothes and it was just huge on me, but so, I just I mean, gave it away. We're all doing varsity. We're, we're doing cross, so we're training pretty hard. But we're, you know, we weren't abiding by that rule that you can't out-train a shitty diet. We were all just, yeah. we, would, we would do the noon, and then we'd be right over there at Chipotle. And then I know several of us would be, it'd be Chipotle again for dinner. So two Chipotles in one day. And, and, and mind you listening, we're not doing the healthy Chipotle that you see the games athletes posting about these days. No. It was just load that bowl or burrito. I think one thing I would do is get a bowl, think it was healthier. But it was still like white rice, double guac, because Nate was just hooking it up for all of us. Oh, I know. I used to get – I know Caleb would get quad meat. I'd get quad meat. And yeah. I, I tell people that. I tell people quad meat, and they're like, what? Is that a thing? I'm like, yes, you just ask for more. <laughs> <laughs> and let me also let's, – let's take a step back for a second. When James was referring to the noon class, so – I started doing the noon class that became like one of my rules and all the coaches would do it. And it was kind of that blend of, Hey, the morning coaches would finish up their day and hit the noon class. And then the afternoon evening coaches would come on board at noon and then kind of get going for the rest of the day. Cause as we've talked about, you know, the last class at Albany CrossFit for years was at eight thirty PM. 
you know, so James might not have started till noon, but he also wasn't leaving the gym till 9.30 or 10 most nights. But backlash, speaking, like, these are the little things you don't think about as a gym. I started just joking around calling the noon class varsity. Like, varsity trains at noon, who's showing up? You know, completely joking. You know, and it spiraled a little bit. Adam got me that sweatshirt, you know, a hoodie that said varsity on it that I would wear. But the other classes actually got mad. Do you remember that we yeah, had to it, nickname all the yeah, classes? We, well, it, it to be fair, it started with the 830 class because we started coining ourselves as the Dirty 30. Right. And then, and then right after that, it followed with varsity. And then every other class, oh, well, actually, the oldest one, though, was Morning Mayhem. So Correct. the 545, 5.30 a.m., to be fair, they were always Morning Mayhem. Then we were the Dirty 30, then varsity. And then all of a sudden, before you knew it, every class had, like, a name. Well, you know, and I think Morning Mayhem, no one cared about because they're like, fine, you want to train at 545 yeah. in the morning, do that. But people got really upset that, and I think it was not just that we called it varsity, which has that connotation of it's, like, the best, but it was that the coaches were doing it. Yeah, there was so the they coaches, were it was athletes like Kevin Seaman, Tiff. So, like, like the our affiliate team at the time was also training then. And then I think maybe some people thought, okay, well, I can't go to that class. So we were kind of getting away from the everyone can do CrossFit, CrossFit this time yeah. kind of thing. But lest you think anything at the box will happen without everyone, you know, really critiquing it, it won't. Even something as simple as goofing around calling a class varsity. Well, and, and then that just ties back into how we were all living our lifestyles. You know, like all eyes are on us at all times. So people are going to see what we're doing and they're going to analyze it. So people would see us training, but then they'd also see us, you know, like posting pictures from Chipotle for the third time in a day, you know, and they'd see our bowls. We would post pictures of the food we were eating. Yeah, you know, it's just, it's, it's just really, it shows like, hey, if you're running a box, you know, you have everyone's watching, all eyes on the owner, all eyes on the coaching staff. And sometimes it's really good. Other times it's, there's a lot of jealousy. Yeah, because, I mean, people also want to be able to eat all that food. <laughs> so, so this is the, the quote unquote from the text, the chubby affiliate owner phase. Um, you, you go into the store. What, what store was this? Do you remember even the store when you get? Yeah, I believe it was the Gap. I mean, I'm like just a, you know, middle-class white kid at the end of the day. And I think, you know, <laughs> that's just, I don't like shopping. I really, in in the 20 years I lived at, in Albany, I probably went to that Crossgates Mall, you know, a half a dozen times that wasn't going to the movies or a, a restaurant in there. But I remember, so what James is saying is I got up and I just couldn't fit into my jeans. Like literally they wouldn't, you know, you, you wear Lulu's or you wear your jeans tight. And then we, I think a lot of people have experienced it where you just throw, try to throw those jeans on one time and it's not happening. And it wasn't because the quads were bigger with muscle and all these other things is maybe a little fluff No, long, around the waist. Down the road, my legs got bigger. My butt got bigger. Found out about a company called Relentless Jeans at the time, who's now become Edison Atlas Jeans. And I've become, you know, uh, a part of that company. But this is before then. Nowadays, those are the only jeans I wear. They're the most comfortable jeans. This is not a, a pitch. But if you haven't checked out Edison Atlas jeans, I highly recommend it. But um, Shameless plug. 
No, these were just, I literally couldn't button it around my waist. And, and you know, you used the phrase earlier that I've used, the chubby affiliate owner. And that seems to resonate. Every time I post something about that, people are like, I've been there or I'm there right now. Or, I, you know, I, I feel like I'm going there. It's, 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 you know, similar to that fill your cup first where if, if you're not taking care of yourself first, nothing else really matters. This, this reminds me of you, you fitting into jeans reminds me of, it was probably around the same time. Remember that, that test where you would lay on the floor and you try um, to roll the barbell over you. And if it hit your butt, wouldn't go, that meant you were extra thick in yeah. all the right ways. Yeah. So you lay face down on the floor, you put, you know, 45s on the bar. And then if it clears your butt, when it rolls over your body, you don't have a big enough butt. You don't have a squatter's butt. I don't, I don't think it clipped my butt, though, at the time. I think I might have, like, brushed it. But there was a handful of people, like, the bar stopped. Yeah. That, hey, maybe one of the listeners, like, hey, this is a, an awakening. And I'm going to do that test and do a little more extra squatting, some glute bridges, beef up the backside a little bit. I can't go, you know, I was just telling somebody the other day we were working out, we were doing some squats. We did some belt squats, actually, which is my new favorite apparatus, the belt squat machine. And I told him, like, I remember up until CrossFit being very uh, aware and self-conscious about my butt size because it was always big. Like, I always had a decent-sized butt. And I think it's just because I started squatting at a very – I started squatting at, like, 13. You know, my first time at the gym, it wasn't necessarily leg day, but I immediately started incorporating legs and squats back in the day. So I was self-conscious, and it wasn't until CrossFit that I was like, wait – having a big butt is actually a good thing. I think uh, it's definitely more acceptable socially these days and sought after and desired. I look at some men, especially that have like no butts, really flat butts. And I'm like, how do you like, A, you probably look really bad naked, I think about. And B, I'm yeah. just like, it's, it's just an indication that you're not strong to me. Yeah. So, yeah. especially the guys that have a pretty solid upper body and then they have like pants on and it's flat oh my god you need to squat this um we're all getting an image of you just in the gym analyzing everybody <laughs> this is mostly outside of the, the outside, outside of the gym, of gym but yeah so 2011 you wake up you look in the mirror don't like what you see realize that you need to make some changes so you buy gym equipment for home and you start making training more of a priority this time, let's, this is probably like, who knows, maybe late 2012, somewhere, you know, a, a year or so later, you're noticing you're slipping again. And, but you've already got the training dialed in, but you don't have the nutrition dialed in. So you start to research flexible eating. This is kind of when flexible eating comes into the, the picture. And up to this point, we had been diehard paleo, zone, paleo zone, the whole thing. We'd have the challenges, all that stuff. And, and uh, that was really our biggest mistake is when we got involved in paleo, not that it was a mistake. Paleo is a great nutrition plan. I see people to this day wildly successful with paleo or more recently like the carnivore diet. But the problem was we all allowed each other to sway our view of what paleo was. Yeah. Chocolate covered bacon. Chocolate covered bacon was paleo. But like when the reason we would go to Chipotle and or sushi is because we thought it was paleo you know rice was okay i think that was really a kevin houston thing 
Yeah. With Kevin, it was it was the the rice had to be steamed, so it would de- <laughs> it would denature some of the enzymes in the rice that would make the rice. Toxic. Yeah, it had to be white rice and all that stuff. So we were like, oh, it's paleo, or rice is okay for you, and and that's a slippery slope because that becomes, let's go get some red velvet cheesecake at the Cheesecake Factory. Yeah, when when because you've been depriving yourself for so long, so you you start to research flexible eating and if it fits your macros. For anyone listening to this right now, it's not really discussed in the text. Can you just kind of briefly go over what is flexible eating? Sure. Well, you can buy the book uh, on your eating, the original, I'm sorry, the definitive guide to flexible eating that James and I wrote together many, many years ago. So you can certainly do that. But flexible eating is is simply the, the idea that, hey, based on your goal weight and your activity level, you know, what you want to weigh and and how much activity you're doing both inside and outside of the gym. You know, if you have an active job, you have a higher activity level. If you have a sedentary job, you have a lower activity level. And the goal weight is based around, you know, not just the number on the scale, but how you want to look, how you want to feel, how you want to perform. And between those two variables, you get your, what we would call macros, the prescription for protein, carbs, and fat, which of course then equals your caloric consumption. So the, if it fits your macros model is, hey, these are your numbers. Eat whatever you want, but at the end of the day, you have to hit those numbers. You know, if you want to eat cinnamon toast crunch and, you know, deli turkey meat to hit your numbers, cool. It will work. And I promise you, you know, if you're considering flexible eating, I still do it to this day. I have my fitness pal. I have a streak on there that's like beyond six years, you know, so we can probably backtrack and figure out about when this whole thing started. But, you know, it was, it was really eye-opening to me because someone that considered themselves paleo, you realize, wow, not only am I having more carbs than I realized, but I'm having way more fat, you know, handfuls of cashews. Remember, Austin Maliolo used to just bring in the Costco-sized tubs of cashews that we would just dig into all day, thinking it was good for us. But, you know, and, and let me give a shout out to, to Ricky Long, now Ricky Tominski. She was the first one. So again, this was not timed out, but it, it just so happened to be right around January 1st, all of this was going down. And I had seen so much online. Everybody's posting pictures of the donuts back in the day. And in my mind, I'm very quickly writing it off. Like this is fake and, you know, there's no way this works. And I try these jeans on and go through this whole scenario. And then I'm like, all right, you know what? I've got to give something a try. Reached out to my friend, Ricky, who was coaching people at the time, hopped on the phone with me. She explained it all. And I, it was off to the races. I, I literally have never looked back. I think it's, it's important, you know, that coaches and affiliate owners keep an, an open mind at all times. Uh, I remember when I first came to Albany CrossFit, it was diehard paleo. Like this was like, this was in the thick of it in 2011, in the summer there. And I would walk in with things that I used to eat and you guys would freak out. Um, I remember the, the, the nickname was DB Fresh. Because I was a little, <laughs> a little heavier at the time. <laughs> were you, I was actually, as we were going through the videos, I felt bad because a lot of them, you know, we would, I think it was Caleb, in my defense, that coined the moniker Doughboy or D-Boy Fresh. And we would call like, dough boy like uh, dough like money so it was like this double entendre but we all knew what what we were saying yeah 
but but when I when I got there and you guys were talking about paleo, I'm like, all right, well, my mindset has always been if 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 I'm going to coach it and teach it someday, I need to do it. So I I did it and lost a lot of weight that summer, um, and into the next year. But in the long term, it wasn't the most sustainable thing, which that's why I like flexible eating because you're not depriving yourself and you don't have those big, you know, cheesecake factory binge sessions when you're just gobbling it all in on a Sunday night. <laughs> And then it just makes it harder to go back the next day. Do you remember some of the things that we would make fun of you about, like specific foods? Oh, um, well, rice was one of them. Um, so Kevin was <laughs> the only rice sympathizer in, in, in the group. <laughs> I, I remember I had a Tupperware filled with rice and I remember Dean freaked out. He's, he's, like, uh, he's like, that's enough, that's enough zone blocks for like a week. The amount of rice <laughs> I had in the Tupperware tub. Yeah, you and know. I think... And uh, every- also the fruit, the fruit drinks, like I would, I come in, you know, like the pre-made smoothie thing. I don't know the, the brand per se, but it, it says on the bottle, like this, this bottle has seven mangoes and two bananas. Oh, that's apples. right. The, um, like Archer Fresh or something. Yeah. Something, something like that. Um, Archer Farms. Archer Farms. I, I, I think that was you that you had an issue with that one. Yeah. You know, and it's funny because prior to CrossFit, I would drink a ton of those, like as I was a involved in yoga and thinking I was doing good for my body. So, yeah. you know, well, and here I am thinking I'm being healthy because it's not soda, but of course you don't look at the amount of sugar that's in that thing, but it's like, Hey, I'm getting in all these servings of fruit. I'm being economic on my time and not having to eat all this fruit. None of it's going bad. They didn't really teach us about paleo or sugar consumption or anything like that at the time in college. So when I went for my degree, so it's like, uh, this is all good. And then all of a sudden you guys are telling me something new. Maybe the approach was not the best, but again, I think um, uh, uh, from a coaching standpoint, I'm like, all right, well, I need to try it. So um, I, th- I think that's one thing that, that you can relate to as well. You were seeing the donuts being posted and you're like, I don't know about this. I don't believe it. And then you had to try it for yourself. Yeah. And I really dove all in. I didn't, I didn't kind of gain the system. When I started flexible eating, it wasn't paleo. It was, cinnamon toast crunch <clears throat> it was mac and cheese it was other foods like i was like if i'm gonna do this i'm gonna really see if it works and the weight started melting off and you know i you know i think something that's important to address that you're talking about is as a coach as a box owner or just a member you need to be open-minded about nutrition plans and i think it's not like you know we often say religion and politics don't talk about it but nutrition kind of falls into that because yeah. it's there really is emotion involved. There's to some extent religion involved, you know, family involved. So rather than just goofing on other people for what they're doing, educate them and, and start slow. And, and I, I would say, you know, if you look at Albany CrossFit back in 2011, 2012, it was like a hard, fast rule. This is paleo. Like I, I remember at the core club, cause we were two businesses at the time, we would be in the office and we would watch the front desk staff at the, court club eating mcdonald's or ordering pizzas and stuff like that and we were all just like completely above it and 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 disgusted by it i mean one it's a gym this is a fitness facility why are you sitting at the front desk eating mcdonald's like that doesn't happen anymore but uh, it's uh it, it trickled down into everything we did we were very hardcore about it when people would come in with other views like an on-ramp well can i do this that it's like nope it's only paleo. You will die if you eat that <laughs> bread. I remember the, it was, uh, okay, uh, 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 white bread is, is, is death. And then, all right, well, what about 
whole wheat bread, slower death. You know, <laughs> that was the that was the mindset. So I, I but what we do now though is and what you do now is it's a more open minded approach. You should accept everything because at least we're working on something and we can make steps to build off it from there. So let's talk more about uh, managing nutrition in a box in an affiliate for the affiliate owner and coaches. What are some things to consider and how do you approach it? One thing, like we've both just said, it's really be open-minded, you know, from, from the time we opened until the present day at Albany CrossFit, we've done everything, you know, like you said, it was paleo, it was zone, it was whole 30. I'm sure the whole 30. We were the first, we were the first affiliate to host Melissa and Dallas at the time when they had just released their whole 30 book. Um, you know, and, and, and again, it wasn't just that we believed in it. We were hardcore. Like we were, we were radicals, I would say, in a sense. Like you're either with us or against us. And it was yeah. just the very bro mentality. I was just thinking as you were talking about that, like we never had a full-time female on staff. So no. like not just, and it wasn't like we were obviously not, a, we would have loved to, but I think just the, the group of people, you know, that were, that were drawn to CrossFit that we attracted were, were men. We, had, we certainly had plenty of female coaches, but, you know, we had no females to kind of rein us in and be like, hey, guys, you're being assholes. Um, so be open-minded about it. And also, you know, like we talk about later in the book with Murph, start slowly. We, I think the mistake we often made was we, we, we did on-ramps. And hopefully throughout the book, at some point, we talk about the on-ramp progression at, at Albany CrossFit. But this is probably around the time we were doing 12 sessions. Yep. And, and, and on-ramp. It was a month long and there was a very specific nutrition day and it was talked about, but like James said, it was very black and white. And for a lot of people coming to a box for the first time, that's intimidating enough, let alone being told what they're doing is wrong and they have to go grocery shop and make these changes. So start slowly and, and, and be open-minded when it comes to nutrition. Yeah. And it's, it was, uh, it was our way of the highway. It was, do you want to look naked or not? Good look naked or not? Um, if not get out, you know, and do you remember the, there was the whole zone paleo Yelp incident thing that was also not probably handled as, as good as it could have been. There was the lady that battled with Kevin and then gave the review. Do you remember that? Oh, the Yelp incident. Oh, do I remember that? That is the moment I lost my mind as a box owner. So you want me to- it involved nutrition. Yeah. Let's, let's so, talk about it a little bit here. This, so is, this is the way- so this is how volatile nutrition can be. And we don't want to be afraid to talk about this topic. We want to approach it with science and education and of course, open-mindedness. And this is when there was science and education, maybe not open-mindedness and willing to meet someone in the middle. Well, and, and before I talk about the Yelp incident, the other thing we were complete assholes about were um, Kelly and David, I believe their names were the married couple mm -hmm. that were like a little hippie-ish. Uh, I don't know if I remember them. Okay. Kelly used to, um, when, she, when she had a baby, like nurse in the hallway. And oh, no okay. One, yeah. Right. right. And yeah. you know, we were, we were so, we were bros. Like we didn't care. Do whatever you want. Nurse your baby. Sure. <laughs> and I remember George, who was like a teenage boy would walk, remember George? Yeah. George would walk by and like, George, you cannot stare. 
at this woman's breast. Um, <laughs> but anyway, they were vegetarians and we were such assholes about it. Like we ex- accepted them and they, but I would always be like, you guys have to eat meat. Like, cause they were just like, they were getting stronger and fitter, but they're, they just didn't look the same. Like they didn't, their body wasn't putting on muscle, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but so the Yelp incident, I, I, I don't want to mess it up too bad. I, and I don't remember the girl's name, nor do I want to yeah. uh, present it. But I remember just one night we were at the gym, it was late. And I got a notification on my phone that we got a two-star Yelp review. And I was like, what the, what is this? Like, who dare leave us a two-star Yelp review? Go in, figure it out. It's actually a girl that was currently in our on-ramp. She, so she was currently in our on-ramp. Still had sessions to do. Still had sessions to do and left us a two-star review. Now, is a two-star review the worst thing? No, it's not. This place is terrible. But as a box owner, you know the deal. I'll only accept five-star reviews. If you're listening to this book on Audible, leave a five-star review, right? That's just, <laughs> we put time and effort into it and the box is no different. This book is no different. You, you bust your butt. You don't want a two-star review. So it was, at that moment, it was like, unleash the hounds, right? Everybody, all of us that were still there, the coaching staff, our buddies that were hanging out, go on Yelp and just destroy this woman. And that's what happened. Yelp, I believe, eventually just took any review other than hers down. I believe I got banned. I've, I've not used Yelp to this day because I, I don't like the, the system. Like, real people that were coming to the gym were leaving reviews and getting taken down. Yet this woman who didn't know us, her two-star review stayed up. Turns out you can, there's like a Yelp mafia. And they, 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 all, yeah. got, they all started attacking you know, it was us versus Yelp. And, you know, I think eventually it all got settled out. Um, you know, we, I think I actually hired a PR guy just to kind of deflect some of it, put up some good posts. He taught us how to do other things that rise above our Yelp review on a Google search, but who knows, I'll leak and dig a little bit and see if it's still out there. But anyway, not the best way to handle it. And it all stemmed from, you know, the nutrition talk on the on-ramp, but she was a little crazy. You know, I think anyone that has, a thousand Yelp reviews to their credit is a little crazy. Yeah, I, I think it's 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 widely known now. Like back then, Yelp was like a, a standard. You're like, oh my gosh, Yelp, and you would you. I, I remember actively going on Yelp to look up places. Now, when I go, I, I don't even bother to go to Yelp. I don't believe any of it. You know, I, I feel like their reputation has kind of suffered with, with maybe trying to like force businesses to pay money in order to get good reviews or good standing. Otherwise they're going to bump up poor reviews to the top. Shady yeah, it, it was all that, you know, and then like you said, people would leave five star, like really good five star reviews, like actual members at the gym and they would either completely disappear or there was like a hidden section, but the, but the bad ones would, would stay there. And then, you know, <clears throat> once it became this war, us versus Yelp, people that weren't coming to the gym you know, they were leaving bad reviews, but it was, uh, it was, I did not handle that well. Well, this is um, w- what I see a lot of now, like when I look up like a hotel or something like that on Google, you'll see the reviews and I'll just read the reviews, get an idea. Okay. Are there, are there bugs in the room? Is it crazy? And I'll see someone make a response to the, to the reviews. And it's typically like a manager, like, Hey, thank you for that feedback. Uh, here's my number. 
Can I talk to you? How can we make this right? That, that's typically how you want to handle a bad review with positivity yes. and seeing if you can meet with that person and talk about it. Yes, other, than, other than releasing the hounds of Albany CrossFit, <laughs> meaning if, the entire membership. If, if I could do it again, and the advice I would give out would be just what you said, James. I should have, you know, knowing that this girl was still coming to the gym, I should have just waited till she came back to the next on-ramp class, which is probably, you know, no more than 48 hours away and spoken to her. But secondly, like you said, if you do get a bad review from a drop-in per se that you don't have the op opportunity to talk to or somebody that leaves your gym, like you said, address it politely, kindly, on, you know, whether it's a Google review, a Yelp review, or whatever's out there these days. I think that's the way to go. Yeah, and you don't want to repost it on your social media. Look at this, this horrible person, <laughs> anything like that. I, yes. you know, oh my gosh, I think it might be on the YouTube channel. There, I think there was a response video. All right, I'll, <laughs> I think, I'll find it. I think you held a State of the Union address <laughs> after this. Like, like, like that was, that's how how uh, like it just like rocked the entire community so much. I'm it, pretty. sure. I think I think it, in that video you might have told people please don't go on and engage anymore and stuff like that. There's a video out there of this. I, uh, I I as you said that I do remember I did do something like that. So I'll have to I'll have to look for that as well. And you know of course post it on the page with all the with all the links. Um, yeah. You know that we that we discussed throughout the episode. And as you were talking about that, you said State of the Union. I remember there was a, there was like different evolutions of videos early back in the day when we had the typepad site there was this there was this site i don't remember what it was but you can basically go live from your computer and anyone that was currently on your site it would actually pick up and and you would hear you talking that's pretty cool and i would do that every night like i would go home from the box and every night i would get on there i would do a recap of, of the day i would talk about it and i mean now in retrospect i'm like the ego that I had was way too big. Like no one gives a shit. That's about like a, that. That was like old school, you know, Instagram live streaming or Facebook live streaming. It's re it's really what it was. But I remember people would be like, you know, telling me, "Oh, I was, you know, had website open. All of a sudden, I hear your voice, and I didn't know what was going on." But too much. It was just like one of those another one of those things that I was like, "Was that necessarily?" Absolutely not. What What you should have done is just randomly log in and just say, "Hey, I see you eating that," or whatever. You know, like. So they, they kind of think that you're, you can see them, you know, now, um, do, but do you think though, would you say that doing stuff like that made people in the community feel closer to you overall though, for, for better or worse? Yeah. I, you know, a lot of those things in retrospect, I think were maybe a little silly or maybe, uh, time consuming or not shouldn't have been as high a priority, but I also think those things did develop the community. You know, what's cool about CrossFit is for most of us, when we found CrossFit or currently find it, you know, you're out of college for, for a lot of people. You don't really have a, a clique or group of friends. You're, you're kind of like, what's next? Like you're not playing a sport and, and CrossFit is that community. So you just want to be as close to that community as you possibly can. And the more we could do like that to make people feel attached and, and to feel like, hey, even when I'm not there, I'm a part of something, the better. I mean, I think it's pretty apparent why people that maybe have had addictions in the past get so drawn to CrossFit because it helps fill that void. 
you see a lot of people that are in relationships they're not happy with because it fills that void. You know, and of course, just some happy people as well. But yeah, CrossFit really can can mean so much to a lot of the members. And and I think too, as you being the 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 head of the organization and and the face of the business, it, it's also they feel like they know you. Like they like even if, if they don't get to interact with you all the time and they're not in when you're in, they they still feel like they know you because you are very transparent. There's no surprises and you just put your complete self out there with all these little things, all the videos, the live streaming through the website. So I feel like people, if they feel like they get to know you well, they feel even more attached to that community. Yeah. You know, while, while maybe some of these things were necessary in retrospect, you're right. They definitely made people feel like they were a part of something and had a close relationship to me and probably to my detriment, I tried to have a close relationship with, with everybody at the box. Yeah. Like, well, for better or worse, you know, and I I think it's, um, I think, I think if you're, if you're not trying to have a relationship with almost everyone at the box, it's like, you're almost not trying hard enough. Yes. Because they want that relationship with you. Yeah. Yeah. They, if you're a box owner, like, and and I can even tell you like to this day, like when I've trained jujitsu at different schools, like, you want to create that relationship with the owner, the the head instructor, whoever it is. Like it's just natural. You want to be attached to to the big dog wherever you are. Yeah, and I would say the people that you could see that that they were developing a a, a more elaborate relationship with you, they were more bought into everything Albany CrossFit and the business. Those are the people who are wearing the T-shirts, coming to all the events. You know, they're commenting on posts. You know, instead of, you know, you, you make a post and it just stays quiet and no one, everyone views it. You know, you can see everyone sees your post and a couple of people like it, but no one actually comments. Yeah. Even though or, you ask questions. I, I remember plenty of times we would, you know, during times of expansion, just during times we were cleaning, people would show up and volunteer like to paint. Like yeah. I don't even want to paint my house, let alone someone's gym, but people were, you know, because you have that buy-in, they feel a part of something. And I think that's important, you know, and obviously give back. I think anytime we did something like that, it was, you know, whether we would take them out after get pizza and beer or whatever would go on. But yeah, you want those people to have that buy-in and, and those are your diehard members that will stay forever. That reminds me of the first level one in the capital district, right? at Albany CrossFit and uh, the, the, the dirty 30, the 830 class came out and, uh, and helped clean the whole gym. Yeah. I mean, we wanted to make it spotless for the level one. I, I have a very vivid memory of Teresa painting the upstairs hallway. And I'm like, I remember thinking at the time, I'm like, wow, this girl's got a real job. She was, you know, I think engaged at the time. And it's like, wow, she's here painting. Like she cares about this. And it was really, you know, it's, it's, it's cool to see that you can have such an impact on people's lives. Yeah. Well, how do you, as a box owner, how do you, allow and rein in members having that kind of a um an ownership in in the business i think you have to set a lot of rules and boundaries you know it's it's so hard this day and age to not give out your cell phone number because even if they don't have your number they have your instagram or facebook there's always a way to get to your phone yeah so but i would say try to limit that and if you can't limit it i mean one 
your number should not be the phone number on the website. At a minimum, get yourself a Google phone number. So, you know, it goes to an app or multiple people can log in and see the voicemails or texts. I know we use that for many years at Albany CrossFit. But beyond that, just, you know, goes back to those rules. At least set boundaries. Like, hey, if they do have your number, there comes a time at the end of the day, be it 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock, where it doesn't matter. I'm not responding to you. You know, same thing on the weekends. Don't discount rates because of those people. You know, it's very easy to be like, well, you're painting here. You're giving your time. Let me, let me discount your rate going forward. You know, set those rules. Like, hey, if you want to be here and hang out and volunteer, we'd love it. But you're, you're still a standard member and we still are going to hold you to the same expectations of everybody else. And do your best, which is challenging. It's like having, like, you know, you ask a parent their favorite kid. Like, try not to make it a parent like we did going back to that varsity class that this is, you know, these are our buddies and this is who we like training with and we don't care about the rest of you. Yeah. There's and very limit the special treatment or pretty much have no special treatment. Yeah. Have no special treatment. You know, if you're going to invite Teresa out for Chipotle, make sure you're inviting, you know, Joe out for Chipotle as well. Make sure you're not basing it on how much they, they help you. Yeah. It's, it's kind of funny. I told you I'm doing the, safe sport training and that's that's one of the things that popped up it's a if if you're going out for ice cream let the let the whole team know that you're going out for ice cream then they get to decide if they want to go yeah. you don't want anyone to feel left out because everyone wants to be involved and if they feel left out they're going to start seeking out you know acceptance elsewhere absolutely i think that's, that's got to be yeah that's got to be a rule so during this chapter new jeans we with the chubby affiliate owner we started doing flexible eating you started implementing flexible eating with clients not that you hadn't already been working at albany crossfit with nutrition for people we'd always done that this is just a different method and we're being more open-minded about things but right at the end of the chapter you you, you never got the genes and that's what right. really sparked sparked the change so it's kind of cool that success and positive change came with not doing something versus, okay, I, I'm just going to settle now and I'm going to buy these jeans. And these jeans are the way it is. Can you just explain that, that mindset a little bit more and, and, and how you can maybe say no to something and still find success? Yeah. I mean, I just remember I had the jeans and in my mind, I'm like, all right, I'm going to get these. I need bigger jeans. And then you take a step back and you realize, well, if I buy these jeans, I'm accepting where I am and where I'm going. You know, no different than you put on a little weight and you start throwing out the smaller clothes in your closet. Like if you do that, it's done, it's over, you've accepted it. So yeah. I went home, you know, and, and while I couldn't put those jeans on, I had, you know, other pants that fit. I had Lululemon pants, I'm sure, that I could throw on that had an elastic waist. And it was my way of saying, okay, enough is enough, I've, I've got to make a change. And I think we all have that in our lives at times where, you realize, all right, if I take a step forward in this direction, it means I'm not going to hit my goal over in this direction. Yeah. Oh, I mean, what's, what's something that an affiliate owner can do right now to find that success and make that change? And also on the flip side with the nutrition, maybe start to implement nutrition in their box. Yeah. I think if you're a box owner listening to this, what I would, what I would probably do is Make sure you have some nutrition protocol, maybe have a little nutrition get together, a seminar, 
Uh, we used to do potlucks, things like that, where, you know, you're at least bringing in everyone and you can talk about it. Um, Keep an ongoing conversation, kind of. Yeah, I mean, nutrition is what people talk about, 80, 90% of how you're going to look, feel, and perform. If you're, you're only working out, like you mentioned earlier, you can't out-train a shitty diet. And, and nutrition has to be of the, at the forefront of that. So, you know, I don't want to, you know, there's so many other great options these days with hiring nutrition coaches or bringing in companies uh, that, that can help you at your box or provide seminars. You know, Roz and I spent a summer on the road going from box to box talking about nutrition with own your eating, but there, there's so many options out there. And then for everybody else, I would just, you know, think about one thing in your life where you've accepted your failure and, and allowed that to just be who you are now versus saying, no, I refuse to fail here and I'm going to actually be better because of it. So what, what would you say is an appropriate assignment for this then for, for, for the listener? How can they implement some of this knowledge here well, you're trying to, at, at the box or, or, or for themselves? You're trying to dig a challenge out of me for this chapter. Yep. Here, here's what I would say. I, I, you know, I would, I would keep it super simple. Let's say you just listen to this chapter and maybe within the next, let's call it 72 hours, the next three days, say no to one thing. And, and it could be anything, but say no to something that's not leading you towards your goals. It could be saying no to going to Chipotle. Right. It could be, hey, no, if I go to Chipotle with you, you know, we all say yes to so many things these days and we're so busy and I'm you know, 2020, I'm just starting to get better that at that. I still want to be, you know, we all have FOMO that fear of missing out. So you're like, I want to do this. I want to do that. And then you, you say yes to so many things and you don't get to live the life you want. So pick one thing, say no to it. And then shoot, you know, we'll, we'll put the challenge on the website, but maybe DM me. This isn't one where you can take a picture of what you said no to, like take a picture of your buddy and be like, I said no to going out with this guy. But, they have you know, a sad face. Yeah, let me know what you said no to because I think everybody, I forget who said it, but I think it was Seth Godin, the same guy that helped me come up with those rules. But, but he had the expression, if it's not a hell yeah, it's a hell no. And, you know, this is a little bit off topic, right? The genes weren't going to be a hell yeah or a hell no, but it was a decision I made right then, no to kind of steer me back on course. So find something in your life that's not a hell yeah, say no to it and let us know what it was. Perfect. And when, when you said no to those genes, you, you didn't give yourself any other option but to go the other way and find success. It, yeah, and I mean, in fact, long-term, I wound up getting rid of all of my bigger clothes. I wear you know, primarily smalls and mediums to this day. And, and I'm also, you know, to this day, nearly 30 pounds lighter than I was on that fateful day at the Gap. And, you know, it's, it's because of not only just flexible eating, which I, I hey, the, the challenge for this book is, for this chapter is to go by the uh, flexible eating yeah, there book we go. That, that James and I wrote. But, um, you know, it was more so that it was that, it truly was that catalyst to like nutrition is always going to be a priority for me. And I, and I tell that to people all the time, like, it doesn't matter how busy you are. It doesn't matter where you are. Eating right is always an option. It's always an option. That doesn't mean it's the easiest option. You're on the road at the airport and there's a McDonald's right there. And then there's like one of those like two day old salads, you know, at the, at the news shop, there's, there's still that option or it's don't eat till you land somewhere or it's 
prepare your food before you go, but, but eating right is always an option. You know, we have minimal impact over the programming at the box that you're going to hit over the CrossFit open that you're going to hit over, you know, whether or not your child's going to wake you up during the night, how you're going to lift at the, at the Arnold, you know, that, that you're heading to soon, but no one is ever forcing food down your throat. And that was kind of what I learned. Like, these are my decisions, you know, going to Chipotle and going to sushi was often the lazy decision versus doing what was right for me. Definitely. And you've moved past the, the attitude of uh, do as I say, not as I do. And I guess maybe that would be something that everyone can kind of take from this, this audio is uh, do as we say here, not as we did, you know, learn from the, learn from those mistakes in the early days of Albany CrossFit and from the, the book here. Yeah. And, and, and lastly, be open-minded, right? Making fun of someone because they're eating rice or drinking juice. They often just don't know. And that's what you yeah. have to remember. Or it's just what they believe in. We good? We good. That's good. Uh, thanks again for listening to best hour of their day. If you haven't already do us a favor head over to the Apple podcast app and leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, feedback for either Fern or myself, hit us up best hour of their day at gmail.com or send us a DM over on Instagram at best hour of their day. Once again, we couldn't do this without the amazing community and you are a part of it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting best hour of their day.